Friday, everyone. This is Tachi, bringing you the best in media, tech, and pop culture news. I'm excited because it's Friday and I absolutely love weekends. I hope that you are excited as well and have some big plans on tap for the weekend. Anyway, let's talk Google. You know that their IO Developers Conference happened this week. It was a three-day thing and they announced a bunch of new things. Well, one of the cool things that they announced is that you're going to be able to hear new voices for Google Assistant. Six new male and female voices. One of them is going to be none other than John Legend, who, by the way, just played Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar a couple of months ago. Actually, a month ago. How about that? (laughs) So Google says the new AI voices are built with WaveNet, and they've been engineered to sound more human. CEO Sundar Pichai demonstrated Legend's voice, and it won't be available to answer and respond to every command and question since, because he's not a robot, his responses are limited by what was said during a studio session. And they showed a video of Legend recording live answers, well, not live, but answers in the studio. He said, couscous, a type of North African semolina, for example. There's also a bit with him singing happy birthday to the person whoever's birthday it is. And you'll be able to get John Legend via your assistant to sing you a lovely, if very impersonal, happy birthday. <laughs> and you can find him on all sorts of devices, phones, Google Homes, and... He says, if you're lucky in your heart, how cute. So the new robot devices will be available starting today, but Legend's voice will not be rolled out until later this year, Pachai said. The partnership explains why Legend's text bubbles went from blue, which is standard for iOS users, to green in the screenshots of conversations between him and Kanye West. So you're going to get some new celebrity vices, some celebrity voices. One of them will be John Legend. I'll be back quite shortly with more media tech and pop culture news. Cheers. And in the world of mobile, Verizon sneakily launched a startup earlier this year, which many of us probably weren't aware of, where they have a new startup. It's called Visible. They offered unlimited data, minutes, and messaging services for the sweet, sweet price of $40 per month. To subscribe for this service, all you have to do is download the Visible app, which is currently only available on iOS, and register. But subscriptions right now are invitation only, and would-be subscribers need to get an invitation from someone who's already a current Visible member. Hmm, that seems like a quick way not to get members. I digress, though. Once you complete the registration, Visible will send you a SIM card the next day, and once installed... You can access Verizon's 4G LTE network to stream videos, send texts, and make calls as much as your heart desires, all for $40 a month. Visible said there's no throttling at the end of the month, and subscribers can pay using internet-based payment services like PayPal and Venmo, which is owned by PayPal. The service is only available on unlocked phones, and right now, pretty much only to iPhone users. So... Min J. Ormes, who is the head of marketing at Visible, says this is something that's been the seed of an idea for a year or so, that there's a core group of people from the strategy side and a core group of five or ten who came up with the idea. So the company doesn't say much about Verizon, uh, or they wouldn't say how much Verizon gave to the business to get it off the ground, but their leadership team is comprised of mostly former employees like Miguel Quiroga, and the, the, which is 
the company's chief executive. Interesting. This is an interesting move from the from Verizon, who also owns Oath and owns which owns TechCrunch, where which is where I'm getting this story from. <laughs> and they're already top dog in the wireless services with some 150 million subscribers compared to AT&T's 141.6 million and soon to be combined Sprint and T-Mobile with a subscriber base of 126.2 million combined. So this is interesting. If you're interested in $40 per month service with unlimited everything, it seems, and supposedly no throttling, check out this new service that they stealthily rolled out (laughs) called Visible. Well, wouldn't that make it invisible if we didn't see it? Anyway, meanderings on a Friday afternoon. I'll be back soon. Cheers. Hey guys, welcome back. Let's talk Spotify. Well, they have a new policy that covers not just hate content, but also hateful conduct outside of the music itself. And at least two artists have already been cut from playlists because of this. So to be clear, Spotify is making a distinction between hate content, which it says it will remove whenever we find it or they find it, and music by artists who have who may have done morally or legally questionable things. This is according to TechCrunch. So here's how the company describes its approach in these situations. We don't censor content because of an artist's or creator's behavior, but we want our editorial decisions, what we choose to program, to reflect our values. When an artist or creator does something that is especially harmful or hateful, for example, violence against children and sexual violence, it may affect the ways we work with or support that artist or creator. So Billboard has confirmed that starting today, listeners will no longer find songs by R. Kelly on Spotify Spotify's playlist, whether they're ordered editorially curated or created algorithmically. So a number of women, of course, if we don't know this already, have accused Kelly of sexual abuse, though he has denied the allegations. The publication also confirmed that rapper Tentacion, I don't even know how to say his name, has been removed from the high-profile rap caviar playlist. In theory, This seems like a reasonable balance between not wanting to remove artists from the platform entirely and then not wanting the appearance of uh, tactically endorsing reprehensible behavior. So putting someone on a high profile Spotify playlist is a big deal. So this is where this is coming from. But as others have pointed out, according to TechCrunch, this could also put Spotify in the position of making a lot of tricky calls, since there are plenty of other musicians who have been accused of or convicted of or admitted to some terrible things as well. Spotify may find itself in a similar situation to YouTube, which also tried to crack down on objectionable content to become more advertiser friendly by setting a higher bar for creator monetization. So in theory, it was the right decision, but it also led to plenty of creator complaints and a bit of course correction. So what do you think? What Do you think that R. Kelly and this Tentacion, I don't even know how to say his name, this rapper are being singled out when there are other artists who probably have done similar and worse things? Or do you think this is the right call? Do you think this is just the beginning of the downfall of many of these artists in terms of their Spotify careers. Let me know what you think. I am really interested to hear so. Okay, drop me a line. Cheers.
Okay, while we're taking a break, I have a question for you all. You know, there are so many recording apps now. There's Anchor, you've got, they're, they're just a bunch. And some of you are actually listening to me via Anchor. And then we have so many podcasts. And if you listen to or download any podcasting app or any podcast listening app, like, you know, downloading from iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher, SoundCloud, I could go on and on. You'll find a plethora of podcasts. And some of them are not necessarily duplications on every single platform. A lot of us do that. We duplicate on other platforms, but sometimes you find completely new things and it's amazing. But do you find yourself getting overwhelmed by the amount of audio content that's out there? I'm really interested to know. So let me know what podcasts and things you do listen to that you're really interested in and how you deal with the information overload of all the audio that is out there. Forget about video, okay, and and the other types of platforms. Forget about that. But I'm really interested to know in how you manage your audio listening. Do you just shut down? Do you pick a few people, especially with these audio apps, these audio creation apps, have you just chosen to listen to a few creators and that's all you do? Or do you explore and listen to a whole lot of different people? If you do, that must mean you don't have a job and congratulations. In any case, let me know what you think. I'm really interested. Cheers. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to talk a little bit about Facebook. What's not to talk about Facebook, right? They just had their F8 Developers Conference last week, and they are doing a bunch of new things. In addition to trying to keep their heads above water and straighten up and fly right, they're looking to recruit news publishers for daily and weekly shows for Facebook Watch. And they're proposing a wide range of budgets depending on the type of programming. So for now, Facebook has committed to fund news programs for Watch for a year. So generally speaking, the company is proposing budgets that range from 5 million to 10 million annually for daily news programming. For weekly shows, Facebook is willing to pay around 1 million to 2 million. Those those though those budgets are largely based on costs per episode rather than an annual fee according to Digiday, and they got this from two news publishing execs who have been briefed by Facebook. So the shows are set to debut sometime this summer and Facebook Watch has this news initiative led by the platform's head of news partnerships, Campbell Brown, who's also a journalist. She's armed with a $90 million budget aimed at shows that feature well-known news anchors and journalists, according to a recent report from the New York Times. There's an array of digital and traditional news outlets, including BuzzFeed, CNN, and Vox Media, who have been pitching new shows for that section for Facebook Watch. And the idea is to launch about half a dozen shows, which will be paired with a breaking news section and a daily Facebook newscast that would feature news videos from multiple news publishers, according to the New York Times. Initially, Facebook was interested in pitches for daily news programs, both sources said. This has proved to be a slight hurdle because it's difficult to differentiate between the programs if they all end up being anchored and following the same general format. So more recently, Facebook has been steering both digital and traditional publishers to pitch more weekly news show concepts. Interesting. So we shall see what happens. Of course, of course, they talked about this at the F8 presentation last week and Facebook's head of news product said 
uh, who is Alex Hardiman, said that News and Watch will include a mix of daily briefings, weekly deep dives, and live coverage, which makes sense. That's kind of the same thing that news does on television. Sources say they expect Facebook to partner with broadcasters such as CNN on daily and live news shows, as these companies have the infrastructure already and the resources to produce such programming. Let me know what you think about this. This could end up being very interesting. Of course, what we have to do now is get people to watch Facebook Watch. That's the uphill battle. Okay, I'll be back shortly. Cheers. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on at Starbucks. Following those arrests that happened in Philadelphia, those foolish rubbish arrests, Starbucks bathrooms are now going to be open to everyone. The coffee giant is changing their policy on who can use store bathrooms. Thursday night at an event in Washington, D.C., the founder and chairman Howard Schultz said the company wants everyone to feel welcome, according to the Washington Post and Eater magazine, regardless of whether or not they've made a purchase. He says, we don't want to become a public bathroom, but we're going to make the right decision 100% of the time, says Schultz, saying that going forward, staff will give people the key because they don't want anyone at Starbucks to feel as if they're not giving access to the bathroom because you are less than. While Starbucks official bathroom policy is still pending, a company spokesperson shared the directive that's been given to staff. Policies are still under the 90-day review, but ensure all customers coming in feel welcome. If someone needs to use the restroom, please let them. But if the safety of that customer, other customers, or partners is in jeopardy, use your 911 quick reference guide for guidance on any action to be taken. So if you don't remember, I will recap that last month in Philadelphia, Rashawn Nelson and Dante Robinson were denied access to the bathroom as they sat and waited for a friend to arrive without ordering anything and were then arrested for trespassing. So Schultz, who is founder and CEO and sorry, chairman, says the company previously had a loose policy that only customers should be permitted to use the store bathrooms, but decisions were ultimately left to the store manager. And there within the problem lies. Therein lies the problem. You don't leave it up to people because their their biases and lack of thinking then kick in. Um, The fact that you need to have policy for people to do the right thing is a sad commentary. And really the big thing is I hope that that so-called manager is gone, not working there anymore. Don't give a damn where she works, should not be at Starbucks or if she works at all. That's my personal opinion. But in any case, that's what's happening there. And as you know, they are scheduled to close all of their 8,000 locations on, I believe it's May 19th for, it's a, which is a Sunday, for uh, racial bias training. How one day of training is going to fix th- this, I don't know. But I guess we can say it's an attempt. So in any case, that is what ha- what's happening. If you go into a Starbucks and you need to go, but right before you order, you can now do it because they're trying to make you feel welcome. Okay, I'll be back with more. Cheers. Okay, everyone, finally today, we're going to talk a little bit about net neutrality. Net neutrality rules are going to end in June, according to the FCC. So the Federal Communications Commission 
said in a notice yesterday that the landmark 2015 U.S. Open Internet rules will cease to exist on June 11th, and new rules handing providers power over what content consumers can access will take effect. Senate Democrats are currently pushing for a vote on a bill to overturn the decision as soon as next week. So even if this resolution passes the Senate, it still faces an uphill battle in the House. Commissioners approved this order in December in a contentious party line vote. I'm sure you remember it. I was glued to the screen over this. Under the new regulations, internet service providers will now have to disclose whether they engage in certain types of conduct, such as blocking and prioritization. So I don't know, just because they said that the rules will end in June, it's still, I don't see that happening. It's still an uphill battle. So we will see, and I will have more as I find out more. And that's it for me, maybe for the weekend. I may be back. We'll see. But if I'm not, I hope that you have a glorious weekend and that you take advantage of all the weekend has to offer. If I'm not back tomorrow or later this weekend, I'll be back on Monday. I hope you have a great one. Cheers. Hey, so you may be thinking, how else can I connect with Tachi? Well, it's your lucky day I'm about to tell you. You can connect with me off of these audio apps by going to Twitter. I'm at Tachiada, T-A-C-H-I-A-D-A. You might be an Instagram kind of person, so you can get at me by going to Instagram and looking up Dr. underscore Tachi, T-A-C-H-I. Maybe you're interested in watching the live streamed version of Mediascope every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. For that, you can go to Periscope, which is at Tachiata, just like Twitter, and watch it there. You can also go to my Facebook page, which is Mediascope. Just look up Mediascope or facebook.com slash Mediascope16, and you can watch it there. By the way, you know you can watch it in Twitter as well. So that's where I am. Oh, and how could I forget? You can also catch me and my good friend and co-host Kevin, or Kevin Gnome Alone, or Gnome Nation, He goes by many names. We do an awesome podcast called TV Channeling where we do television reviews and we run down the week in news, which is, you know, some tech news, but mostly uh, entertainment, film and television news. So look for that, too. All you have to do is go to TVChanneling.com. Now that I have sufficiently given you the ways to contact me and get at me, I am going to get off of here and let you go back to doing whatever it was you were doing before. Okay, peace and love, people. Cheers.